What is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Friday the 14th podcast. I'm your host, Timo one Franco, with my lovely co-host over here to my right side. Yeah, some, somewhere on the screen. Manny Fresh. Uh, so good to be back. As always, the lovelier host is Franco. He's just a beautiful man to look at. That's why y'all y'all joined this, the, the streams to look at him. Y'all don't have to lie. I, I know y'all do. Uh, it's it's been it's been a minute. Uh, yes, our last yes. episode was what barbarian. Yes, it was. It was the episode that I had anxiety about because I thought you had to work that night, and I found that that you <laughs> you, oh, yeah. you were in the clear, and I was like, oh my gosh. I worked tonight, but we should be, it shouldn't be a long episode either way. Yes. Uh, today we're talking about Evil Dead Rises, mm. a new straight uh, in theater movie, and. Yes. Um, yeah. Shout out to David Zasloff, the owner of Warner Brothers and Discovery, for taking this film and saying, hey, it's not worth a streaming release. It is worth the big screen. I found out that this had a budget of $17 million and made already $40 million. So $40 million? What, I, I, what did you do more than? It says $24.5 million. What the heck? When I was at three C Films was talking about it today, and he was like, "It made forty million." So uh, I don't know. I, this is the first article on my on Google, but I mean, it made forty million. I don't know. You can never trust these uh, first articles. Yeah, I just hope it makes its money back. And maybe, a, maybe it's domestic, and this one is uh, for the U.S. Oh, that's true. That's that sounds that's true. right. So I still like the sound of domestic because it. It gives you that hope for more movies to come if the numbers higher. In order for a sequel, you got to make double what you made uh, used to make it. Excuse oh me. no! See, it still says twenty three point five million domestically on this one, and its first weekend of release. Then I'm gonna call him. I'm gonna give him a call. I'm gonna give three C films. He's a much bigger YouTuber, but I'm gonna I'm gonna call him personally. And be like, Chris, you you messed up, man. You got your numbers wrong. And he'd be like, No, you don't clean your ears right. You didn't hear me correctly. I'm going to say, you're right. I'm going to hang up the phone call now. Uh, you don't know who I am, and I'm not going to tell you how I got this number. And then just leave. Yeah, everything I'm reading says 23.5 million. But either way, numbers don't matter yeah, uh, to us matter. because we're, we're, we're just here. We're here but, to watch these movies. Yeah. Was it a good movie? Was it a bad movie? Uh, well, that's where you have to like wait and listen to find out. And um, we're going to stall right now for a little bit because uh, Mr. Funtz is going to join. Because he loves the Evil Dead franchise, and we're just waiting yes. on him. Yes. I guess while we're waiting, we can talk about. Um, I don't think last time we talked about it on the last episode, but we will be taking a little break. This is the last episode of the season. Uh, some stuff happened this season where um, it started off with me, Fuentes, and Juan, and then ended with me and Manny somehow. So yeah, they, it, it came back to we went full circle since 2019. Yeah, they, uh, yeah. But we're gonna be taking it back, um, me and Manny. Uh, this is gonna be more probably probably a seasonal podcast. Uh, we'll probably pick up back in August or September. Probably run until December, and then keep it there for you know spooky season. But there will be a lot of movies that we can cover when we come back because there's a whole. I just before I watched it again yesterday, there were like five or six horror movie trailers, and I was like. This has been a year for horror films, man. Like, um, yeah. 
they definitely are taking advantage of the box office because it's back um and they are just crushing it dude like i i'm like i just that it's to the point where i want to watch all these films that like probably won't even come out to be that great i'm just like i'm still going to pay my money to see them um i started to see the pope's exorcist which i have not with russell crowe I don't know what the hell that is, but that sounds like a movie I want to see. And even this year, I think I've seen more movies this year than I have the past two years combined. Um, I had an itching so bad to be back in the movie theater when it got shut down. Uh, my you took away my quantum of like my 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 what do you call them a quantum of solace? They took that away, like Superman's quantum of solace, where you can go and the movie theaters were that for me. And when the pandemic hit, that was taken away from me. Um, and I had to live my life in a world where people thought streaming was better than seeing it in theaters, and I disagree wholeheartedly. Um, to the point that even Warner Brothers, the the president of Warner Brothers, says that they are no longer focusing on straight to streaming movies whatsoever. He says the money is in the theaters, and that is what we're going to put all of our money towards, making sure these movies are top notch. With you saying that, what's your uh, thoughts on Cinemark? Was it Cinemark? I think it was Cinemark announcing a few weeks ago that they're going to raise prices on different seating in theaters. When I heard that it was, it was, a uh, it was AMC. That's AMC, to do that. there you go. Um, here's my thoughts. I think that's a bad move considering the fact that they were already facing bankruptcy during the pandemic. Things got really bad for them. Here's the thing. This is for moviegoers out there. I feel sorry for y'all because if y'all have a nice AMC where y'all live, I know that some of y'all subscribe to the Stubbs membership and get all these rewards and get to see multiple movies. And that's great. I'm glad you're having a good time. The AMC here absolutely sucks. I do not want to sit in that theater. I stay away from it. So this is no longer a problem I have to worry about. The only problem I had to worry about recently was the Cinemark Movie Club membership telling me that they were going to be going up a dollar next month. So I was like, dude, as sad as it is, it's just a dollar compared to what they're trying to do at AMC. You try to pull that crap with the AMC here. <laughs> I'm like, dude, give me my seat for free. Um, it's just the quality, quality, guys. This, this is not an attack on anybody who still goes to the theater because I go every once in a blue moon to buy the merchandise that they sell. I went. Best. I think after our Scream episode, we talked about I want to go rewatch it. So we went and. Yeah. Uh, there was no seats available at the good theater, so we went to that one. And man, yeah. that was the worst. It's, it's it's my it's my backup. That's it. Like if there's no seats at 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 Cinemark, I look for Alamo. If there's no seats at Alamo, it's like, all right, we're here. This is the, our final resting place. The the soda machines never work. People are talking the entire movie. Uh, the seats are bad. Um, it just let itself go. After they sold it from uh, Starplex to AMC, they did not uh, fix everything else in the process. So that was super embarrassing on their behalf. Real sad. AMC, get your crap together or hire me and I'll make your I'll make AMC great again. <laughs> That's what my thing will stand for. My slogan will be, um, I, I don't want to say the slogan because I'm like, people are not going to hear me right. Make AMC great again is my slogan. And I will personally restore that theater with y'all's money, not my money. Make a small loan of a million dollars. Yeah, and just vote for me as president for AMC Theaters, and I will go and restore what was my childhood theater and fix everything. We're in the show now. What's up, guys? <laughs> How's um, it going? It's going. 
Manny, I haven't seen you in a while. You look like you've evolved into like your your mega form. You have a a luscious hair and you look like a lion now. (laughs) (laughs) I just let my hair continue to grow after we last saw each other. I said I'm not gonna not gonna I'm trying. I'm gonna tell you right now, man, it's fresh. Well you look amazing too. You look silky smooth and beautiful. (laughs) Your setup looks great. This camera. So what's going on? We talking. We're talking. We're talking about making AMC great again. Yeah, we want to restore it and make it good. No, not we. You. Yeah, if y'all vote for me for AMC president of this area, and AMC gives me their money, I will personally restore that theater to its greatest era, and people will start going there, and they will make their money back, and then they can talk about charging extra for different seating. Get rid of all the rats. <laughs> yeah, I will personally hire the Rat King from the Suicide Squad. And have her come clear out the rats, and uh, everything will be great there. I personally like the rats. You know, they keep me company because no one else is in the theaters. And then I will put them in. I will. I will. T- I will take them a shower, and personally put them in tuxedos. That way, they do not scare the guests. Instead, they seem like they're just there to have a fancy good time. And little monocles. I'll put little monocles on them too, so they look very sophisticated. Yes. Monocle, yeah, monocle rats in the theaters. I'm all for it, man. Yeah, people and, will definitely be like. And we could cut down on staff because they'll eat everything that gets dropped on the ground. You know, they don't. That's have to true. I don't need anybody to clean up. Yeah, exactly. I'll just open the door and be like, "Do your job." Do your, and exactly. clean it. Don't the get dirty. And, yeah. And then all right, Damn. back to the back row. Back to the back row. <laughs> this is real. You get to watch the movies as long as you eat all, all the crumbs that fall. I, I think I'm going to highly invest in that situation. That way we don't have to get rid of them. I will have to build them a small home, though, so they have somewhere to sleep at night. Um, or people are going to question the way I treat my employees. Like the whole theater is their home. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I know, but we got to make some changes. <laughs> you can't stay here anymore, man. I know. I'm sorry. I'll build your house on the side. I think they'll be okay. There's a lot of lot in the back that never sells, so you can buy some of that. <laughs> so I guess we we'll get into it now that uh, Fuentes yes. is here. Um, yeah. As always, if you're uh, listening, y'all can uh, follow us uh, everywhere, social media. I'm honestly not using the Friday the 14th or even Emo Star Productions, honestly, uh, on Instagram. You can follow Rastin Tacos. I post everything there. Um, if you're not subscribed, subscribe now. Hit the subscribe button, wow. whatever. And uh, today we're reviewing Evil Dead Rise. Uh, just came out this past Thursday, I believe, or Friday. Yes. And um, yeah, I think we already talked about the box office numbers. Or did we talk about it on there? Yeah, we kind of went over what I thought. I thought I heard it made, and then you went over what Google was telling you, or where did you get your? Yeah, it's box- Google. Collider, and then Collider, disgusting dot com. Okay. And that sounds like a very reputable source. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, so it made uh, $23.5 million over the weekend domestically. I don't know what the budget was. Did you get the budget? Let me see. The budget for Evil Dead Rise. Let me check that. It says $19 million. Damn. I mean, it made a over its budget then. I mean, it's just the first yeah. weekend. Yeah, they made their budget back and then over. So um, that's that's good. I mean, that's the hard thing about Evil Dead movies is, like, 
we all know it's like one of the what is that movie a cult following type of thing you know people it love it yeah but it's mm -hmm. also still a cult following like if you make yes. back your money you're lucky <laughs> yeah no you're right i agree on that yeah i think a lot of evil dead fans from what i've seen were iffy about it so how the franchise has been going so that's pretty good it was uh written and directed by lee cronin cronin and uh, it stars um, Mar Marabe, Peace. Marabe. Marabe. I don't know how to pronounce that. Uh, as Teresa Richard Crouch Lee as Caleb. Anna Marie Thomas as Jessica. Lily Sullivan as Beth. Noah Paul as Bruce. Alyssa Sutherland as Ellie. Gabrielle Echoes as Bridget. And uh, I don't know, is there any other top cast? Yeah, say? Morgan Davies is Danny and Neil Fisher is Cassie. Oh, what did yeah, you say the box that. office was so far? 23.5 million. Oh, uh, Wikipedia is saying it's like 46.9 million. <laughs> that's what Manny was see, saying. That, that's where 3C Films got his information then. So... <laughs> it, it says the sources are uh, Office Mojo and uh, Financial Information, the numbers. Well, I, I, there's a source called financial information. That sounds pretty sturdy to me. So I'm going to... Okay. Domestic, gonna... <laughs> domestic means U.S. It doesn't mean yeah. worldwide. So worldwide, okay. it is 46 million. I just found that right okay. now. Okay, okay, cool. International, 17 million, and domestic's 28. So you wow. are correct. Oh, well, thank God. I mean, either way, it's... It, it's... it doubled its money pretty much. Though. Yes, it made its oh, money. Yeah. That's, what, that's what makes me happy because it gives me faith that they're going to make more. When I see the numbers rise, I'm like, that means we're going to get more. And that's always a, a big deal for fans of a certain franchise. We, I want more. I want an uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead Season 4. That's that's what I want. And that's, yeah, that's what I wanted. That's what I wanted too. The synopsis reads on IMDb, A twisted tale of two estranged sisters whose reunion is cut short by the rise of flesh-possessing demons thrusting them into a primal battle for survival as they face the most nightmarish version of family imaginable. Mm. Y'all want to rate it, or y'all want to wait for the, for the ending to rate it? I don't know. How y'all been doing it? We've been rating it at the beginning, but I don't know how y'all want to rate it. I'll rate it. I mean, if I right, Fuentes, I your first. Okay. Out of five. <laughs> uh, <laughs> out of five, Danny <laughs> Five Danny Trejos. Much um, I was thinking about this while I was taking a shower a second ago. Oh, um, it was one of them shower thoughts. Uh, mm. What I should give it, and I really need to go watch it again. But I would like to say I want to give this a four point five. That's very solid. Good. What were your thoughts um, after leaving the? What were your thoughts before going in and after leaving the movie theater? Um, before going in, I was hoping for like some like uh easter eggs of like old evil dead uh stuff um i mean and there kind of was but almost like in a modern twist kind of way like yeah. you see a chainsaw you're like oh, okay it's a chainsaw i guess that's kind of like an easter egg but it, it looks nothing like the original chainsaw whatsoever um but going in that's kind of what i was hoping for was more of those uh, even maybe some hints onto the past uh, movies. And then coming out, I was uh, 
I feel like it's really a spoiler. But coming out, I was thinking more about it, and uh, I was like, man, if I was just a horror fan, I would definitely give it a four. If mm-hmm. I was just, um, but as an Evil Dead fan who wanted to see more Easter eggs, I wanted to give yeah. it a 3.5. And then the more <laughs> I thought about it and the more I kept thinking about the movie, I was like, man, that movie was. And like actually Manny's uh, review that he wrote on Facebook really got me like thinking about like the movie in general. And I was like, you perfectly worded it. I even quoted it to a friend who asked me how was the movie. And I was like, I wanted to crawl out of my skin the whole time. <laughs> like, I was like, that's the perfect way to explain it. Like, it, it was very disturbing the entire time you watched it. And you just like, you felt uncomfortable the entire time. And that's exactly what a horror movie is. And I, you know, yeah, I was, uh, the more I dwelled on it, I really would like to go wa- back and watch it again to see it with like this new perspective and watch it a second time that I would actually probably see oh shit okay this is really cool okay yeah yeah no he's absolutely right this does make me want to crawl out of my skin still (laughs) (laughs) um before you go manny i'll rate it um before going into it i never seen any evil dead movie at all so i don't know what to expect besides a book with demons but uh afterwards i came out with um beginning to end it had you on your edge of your seat pretty much uh, with a little bit of dead air here between just for story, but uh, there's so much creepiness to it that I loved, and it just kept me on this receipt. And um, yeah, I, I give it 4.5 out of 5. I think that's that's very well. I give this a solid 4.5 as well. Um, from the aspect of horror, uh, just the start of this film, uh, if you are a horror fan, it, it just was an entrance into what you can expect throughout the rest of it. Um, uh, uh, I, I, I myself went into it being like, I want this to be good because I love the franchise and I want this to maybe introduce new fans. Uh, and so then I also said, I think there's kind of an understanding you have to have with the Evil Dead franchise. You got to know that it plays with itself. There is some like humor in it. Um, uh, and, and if you don't understand that when the deadites speak, you may be like, that's just stupid. You know, like I had... Uh, I'm just going to say it. My review, thank you for saying that about my review. It means the world. I had a cousin who loved it and then shared it and was like, don't waste your money on this movie. Um, I ended up laughing more than I enjoyed it. But I was like, I don't think laughing at it was a bad thing. Because if you know the Evil Dead franchise, you laugh at some of these the, the stuff that goes on. So I was like, even in your dislike for the film, you're still praising it because it accomplished that balance of both, you know, campy horror with actual intense horror. Um, I wanted to see so many Easter eggs, and the Henrietta's Pizza was also an Easter egg. Henrietta is the name of the demon in the, in the, in the uh, Evil Dead, uh, Dead by Dawn. When they start saying Dead by Dawn, that's the name of Evil Dead 2. Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn. Um, and then the opening shot when they're going through the forest, the camera, the the angle, very like uh, homage to the what's it called. Uh, so yeah, I said, and, and the, the reason I'm saying this is because I did, I noticed just the the Henrietta when I saw it, but I saw it, I saw it a second time. And so the second time I was like, I'm going to look for every Easter egg that I possibly can in this film because I, I want you want the Easter eggs. And so it is there. Yes, the chainsaw was a big thing. That's why if you paid attention with those scenes, it kind of gave like the, the time for the audience to react. Like in No Way Home when Andrew Garfield, if you watch it like on your screen, Andrew Garfield kind of stays there for a bit. And it's like, 
oh, okay. But like in the theater, when you stay there for a bit, everybody's like clapping. He gives the audience that time. So the movie pulled that with, uh, with her, the, with the chainsaw. And, um, and, and yeah. And so I, I feel like a solid 4.5, uh, the, the, the first viewing of this film, it, it did make me feel very uncomfortable, uneasy, like wanting to crawl out of your skin. And to me, that's, that's a, that's an up because I want a horror film to mess with my emotions in some way i it's like you go into these films like please be scary <laughs> that's the first thing you know what i mean and now with like the conjuring universe and the insidious universe where storyline was introduced now i'm going in for both sometimes you know like even if it doesn't scare me the most was the storyline good and i think this movie balanced both and the gore was just uh man everything i wanted um it's very gory yeah it is so bloody this movie uh, can, I want to ask a question because this is, uh, I think, something Juan's hit me with before, and I really don't have an answer myself more than maybe there's just something more I wanted. But we all give it 4.5. Why not give it the solid 5? What's, mm. missing, what's missing from it for you to give it the solid 5? I didn't understand the Easter eggs because I haven't seen any of the other ones. So. <laughs> That's it. I understood um, the, the chainsaw because I know... Uh, that, obviously, I know that guy, um, Ash, but that's about it. I think what stops me from giving it the solid five is when I look at these films uh, from a franchise perspective. Oh, my gosh, that is beautiful. That's the vinyl? Yeah, for the game. That is so sick. I have the game. I just saw that they released the DLC, and it, it, uh, it, uh, it has the dad now and different skins for Pablo. Y'all were talking about blood a second ago, so I looked up how much blood it was used, and... <laughs> 6,500 liters, oh. which is 1,700 gallons of blood. That is that is beautiful, and that is crazy. <laughs> that is a lot of blood. <laughs> Dude, that is beautiful. Gosh. Um, that, that is a, that's, a tr that's a troubling question. And I think the reason I say that it's a troubling question is because I think it's in the, the reason I can't... Okay, so it's like you give it a 4.5, what's stopping you from giving it the 5? And I think what's holding me back is knowing that it's a franchise and the previous films i look at those and i'm like can i say rise is above the other ones mm -hmm. and if i can't say that and i hold those in high regard then it's like then i cannot give you the five you know like i, I can't give you the five uh but to me the 4.5 is still very solid mm -hmm. and i think it holds up uh again i took my younger brother to see this movie he had never seen any of the evil dead movies at the end of it he was like i actually enjoyed that movie and now i want to watch the movies and i was like thank god so now people are watching it and they actually want to see more and all that says to me as a fan is that we gonna get more we gonna get more yeah. evil dead stuff so like as a fan i'm sitting there with a smile on my face like hate the movie if you want i'm looking at the numbers and i know that there's gonna be announcing some more evil dead soon so i mean more powder right. fans than that. I think it did make me want to go rewatch the other ones, but then I was talking to a coworker and he said no. That part two is probably the best one. I was like, okay, then I ain't gonna watch any of them. So that's probably another reason why you're not giving it a five. <laughs> no, dude. You like the other the other ones are enjoyable and I would I would definitely still go watch those. Um because people people are gonna be biased all the time. Like I just sat through all the Indiana Jones films. I thought Temple of Doom was my favorite, and then I go and listen to the fans that have been there for years and they're like Temple of Doom is the one that sticks out. That's not even the best one. I'm sitting there like, did I do something wrong? You know, like, <laughs> like so I would say go and watch these because for you, it could be like, 
oh, I think Army of Darkness is the greatest one in the franchise. You understand? So I think that going back to watch them, you'll be able to form your own opinion and your own liking to the to the franchises compared to, you know, what the fans outside of it will say. I think for I think for me, it's like I always want to give movies room to grow because your your ratings are never always your ratings like for life. I got I yeah. got a four point five right now. Yeah, they come up with a follow up film that just kind of like meshes into this one and makes it even it makes the first one stand out even more. It's just like mm. wow, the first one was so well done, and then the next yeah. one was like well done as well. Like and together, it's just like oh man, it's like you know this is really awesome. Like I would yeah, like for me, I want to I want what you want. I want there to be more. I want there to be a continuing story. I want to see yes. what happens next. And if yes. something good happens next, it can make this one, it can make this one like just such a good, it was such a good movie that it gave the follow-up, which gave us another great movie. So now, you know what? This movie is a five. But right now, as it stands on its own, which it's not really standing on its own, but it is standing on its own to me and my and the way I feel about yeah. it. I can't give it a five until I see what happens next. If this is all I got, then 4.5, yeah. maybe later in the line, five, whatever. But right now, or like you said, solid four four point five, and also like you said, that would have to mean that if I give this one a five, I would have to go back and say all the other previous movies are a five because I love all the previous movies yeah. as well, yeah. Um, and the TV show and everything yes, that's yes. like with so the good. franchise, and I'm not even yeah. gonna say this franchise is perfect that everything gets a five. Like, you get a five. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's kind of my feeling about it. But. Yeah. No, I agree with that because it is, again, it is in a way its own standalone because yeah. a lot of the a lot of the main themes from the franchise are there, but the it's different as far as like how they come across in Economicon, how, the, how they play the tapes, you know, compared to the original way it was done. Um, and going back to watch it a second time, I was kind of able to like sit and see like the time frame, you know, like it, the tapes were from 1923. So if this movie is set in modern time, 2023, it has been a hundred years so that this demon has been, uh, I guess you would say trapped because it was, uh, that's kind of, I, that, that, that's the feeling that I got from how they discovered it and where it was, um, with everything that was there, that this feeling was trapped. Thank you. We could uh, get into it. Uh, spoiler warning: If you haven't seen the movie, go watch it. It's in theaters right now. Uh, if you have not seen the movie and you still want to listen, go ahead. By all means, I usually do that on the podcast, like some podcast. But uh, yeah, spoiler warning: We're about to start talking about it. Yes, we are. Uh, what do y'all think about the opening scene? The first what, roughly ten minutes? It was in the the, the opening shot. I thought was really good. Uh, you said that it reminded you of the other movies. Yes, it reminded me of just uh, what year was the first one made? Eighties. Nineteen eighty. Um, it was the eighties, but okay. uh, nineteen eighty something. It, it reminded me yeah. of, of the eighties, just how you know different shots are made like that, and yeah. whatnot. And I, I thought it was a really good opening sequence with just the. Uh, it's my mind what they're called drone coming in. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it turns out to be a drone, and then uh, I, and, uh, I, I thought that was so like it was so good use of that like type of a camera framing and then, yes. uh, and then modernizing it with our drones with the drone like it would make it, like, it oh, make sense you got yeah. me you got me because because <laughs> right off the bat i was already thinking like dang they're introducing the like the the force like this demonic force that fast and then it's drone and you're like okay that was that was that was perfect that was that was good i like that that was really good 
yeah, the the I think the opening scene was uh was amazing. Like yes. uh it so that part it got me, it already got me chuckling because I've watched the previous Evil Dead movies. I was like, okay, this is very obviously a um an Easter egg or whatever you want to call it, callback, yeah. homage, paying homage to the old homage, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. To the thing. So I was like, oh, this is really cool. But the scene where she rips the hair and like <laughs> oh it off the top of her head. Like I was just like, yeah. oh my God, it's so disgusting. Yes. What the hell? I'm about to be in for a crazy ride. Mm, like yeah. I just knew right off the bat, like watching that, I was like, oh my God, this movie's about to be insane. The, um, it set the tone for sure. It did. Uh, the fact that she's reading the book, uh, not even looking at the pages and it's just reading it off the what's it called? I was already like, oh my gosh, this, this, uh, that's a force to be reckoned with. And the way that she just kind of like sits there, like it's her friend sits there kind of freaked out, but not completely freaked out. Like one or two questions going to run through my head. Either what is wrong with you or you didn't tell me you had powers because it's like, you, you, how do you know I'm reading that? Like, how do you know I'm reading this? Have and you then, read uh, this book before? <laughs> yes. And then even then, like the fact that like it, it, the deadites quoting the book while she's ripping her scalp. Like, let me in, let me in. And it's pulling, it pulls the skin off. And I was just like, and then it like, after it kills the boyfriend and throws his head on the deck, I was like, and it all builds to the crescendo of her coming out of the water and evil dead rises, comes up behind it. And this, this, the, the soundtrack, yeah. it just like really set the tone for the movie. Yeah. I was like, I was sitting there like, Oh my gosh. And I, I, the people next to my brother and I, the guy was like, that was a solid opening. That, like he just said that right off the bat. He's like, I like this already. That was a really good opening. And I was like, yeah. perfect. I'm so glad that y'all agree with, uh, what's it called? With the idea. I, lo- I love um, the cinematography of it and just the way the letters were able to rise and everything. I was like, yo, yeah. uh, that's fucking solid. Like I, yeah. my favorite opening of the, this year was Scream 6 so far. But with that oh, one, I'm like, that one topped it by far. <laughs> Scream 6 really did have a great, as far as horror goes, like Scream 6. Had the perfect opening. This this one really did set the tone of, of the film, and I was just like, dude, oh my gosh, that was so you, great. I'm, I'm gonna tell you my honest thoughts when I was watching this. This girl's horrified, seeing her friend levitating, and then these letters coming. Like, oh my god, she's floating, and oh my god, there's letters coming up. Think about the whole time I was watching it, it was the girl's perspective. Like, she makes letters in the sky, and like, oh my god, this is terrible! And they're bloody, <laughs> yeah. And there were uh, there were pictures from the Necronomicon within the letters, the Evo Dead Rise. It's like the artwork from the Necronomicon that's in it. I so, when it says Evo Dead Rise, yeah, yeah, man. Uh, so again, that that even stamped it for me. Like, watching it a second time, I was just like, oh my gosh. I'm I'm in love with this. I want to kiss the screen, but you can't do that in a movie theater. So, um, how many times have y'all seen the trailer before watching this movie? Um, I knew I seen the trailer. Uh, n- mainly not looking because I saw it. Uh, no, actually, I saw it a lot because I go to the movies a lot, and I I get there before the trailers start, and I saw it again and again and again, and I I told my fiance at one point. We're going to have to come a little later because I don't want these trailers to wear out. It got to the point where I was like, mommy's with the maggots now. Like, that was in my head all the time. The mommy's with the maggots now. Like, that that just played constantly in my head. Um, or you're going to be a good mom because you know how to lie to kids. You know, like that. Those two 
so I saw the, the trailer a handful of times prior to this in the movie. Yeah, I, I saw it. I saw it a few times as well. I think I only saw. I only saw it once, maybe twice. Um, I was just avoiding it, to be honest. Every time I saw it, like on my thing, I would just. <laughs> I try. Yeah, because if I was listening to YouTube, I would skip it. But when I'm in the theater, I'm sitting there like, all I can do is close my eyes and ears. It's you know, there's no place to run out, and yeah. the trailer would come on. So I was like, okay. I usually avoid trailers, but I've been watching movies yeah. a lot this year. Yeah. Like Guardians yeah. Three, I was avoiding that trailer, and I saw it during mm-hmm. um. One of the recent movies I saw, or I think near Mario, I was like, damn it. I didn't avoid that one. But um, <laughs> in my head during that, I was like, how are they going to connect this back later on? Because I was like, the, the movie takes place like within the city, within an apartment, from what I remember from the trailer. So like, yes. how are they going to come back to a, How are they going to end it in the cabin? And just the way they oh, okay. everything back, I thought it was really good. You know it's crazy because you say that like and and I think because it says one day earlier when it when the when it when it shows the apartment, but I got so intrigued with that storyline that at the end when the, when the when the connection does happen I'm there like oh yeah this is this is a day earlier I was like oh shit so that was for me like you said like oh I just sat there like how are they gonna reconnect this to me I sat there like oh man yeah the opening like oh gosh see I was oh gosh that. that is a I was like that's a day later. I was thinking that so at the was, beginning, like right after it said one day earlier. I was like, how yeah. are they gonna end over there in the cabin? But then like the whole thing went on. And at the end, I was like, okay, well they connected. They connected pretty well, honestly. It's crazy yeah. because this this uh in the in the franchise itself, this 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 stuff is usually confined to the cabin, and then in the Ash versus Evil Dead series, it's confined to the small city that Ash is from. Uh, but now with this movie, this demon's no longer confined to like what we're used to so now this 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 dead eye can run havoc because that's said in the movie that they the the pastor's like through chaos through complete chaos that's how they talk and i'm like now this demon can wreak havoc like wherever the hell it wants now the world's kind of screwed because you're not confined to just the cabin in the woods now it can be the cabin in the woods the apartment next door so if you hear happenings going on with your next door neighbor just lock your doors lock your doors because yeah, uh, hide your kids hide your wife <laughs> it's coming new, for everyone new york yeah new rules. yeah <laughs> this this one was uh california right yeah la because it says it on the license plate in california yeah yeah but uh what do you want to talk about what favorite scenes do you have well i do want to point something out maybe though it the book was in los angeles underneath this thing but it still made its way back to a cabin or to the woods. So maybe it's home source. is just always going to be. Oh, that's true. That's true. Like it, it made its way back. It never, I mean, yeah. it could have went well, anywhere. Well, the, well, the demon went back, right? But the book stayed at the house, the apartment complex. The book's probably still there. Yeah. Yeah. The book. Yeah. So if the people that, when the cleaning crew come in to, to tear down the building, let's just say they're tearing it down or, because remember oh, they say what a month left. Forgot it was tearing down. Yeah, they got a month left. Let's just say the manager goes in there to eva- like, hey, it's been a month, and then realizes, oh shit, like, because uh, remember, no maintenance was done to this building. You hear multiple multiple people complain about that in the film. So let's just say they go in there, like, I got to make sure all the residents are out. The guy goes in to clean the building, and then realizes, oh my gosh, like dead bodies, and then goes to the apartment, sees the Necronomicon, and then, you know, you know. Opens it up. What is that? Well, could that release a second demon? 
and then now you got havoc in the woods where it's chilling and in in california where it's kind of running amok it's just yeah i guess it's one of i hadn't thought about that till now but damn now you got me thinking i was just like (laughs) well i mean the stairs were destroyed the elevator was destroyed like nobody's gonna rebuild any of that stuff like there's no way anyone's actually going back up there Oh just, yeah, I mean that's just a... gonna blow up the place like okay. <laughs> but then but, the next round Avacon survives. But then you just, can't burn it. So it came out yeah. just to go back in, like yeah, yeah, that's true. Like I, yeah, I don't think it would stay in there. You know, I have a feeling they'd pull one of those like the beginning starts with the homeless man walking by the rubble, and then sees <laughs> that like the book just sitting there. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, accidentally cuts his finger. Re- there's a perfect explanation. It was the eighth floor, so everything falls. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, it, yeah, so, it like, was able to sit at the at the top of the building. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we gotta copyright these ideas just in case they do appear in the next film. All you gotta do is give us a chance to be on the red carpet and be Bruce Campbell, and I think I'd be a okay. You can take any idea I throw out, but um. All I want to do is walk up to him and say, "Groovy." Yeah, I want to hug him. I gosh, he's such, he's such a perfect human him. being. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hold his hands just to make sure they're both there. <laughs> There's not a secret chainsaw up his sleeve. Um, uh, favorite scenes for me. Um, I think like one of the scenes that like got me like out of most out of all of them um was whenever the little uh not the little girl but the the steps the sister the sister got possessed like the second possession and she was sitting on top of the counter eating the glass thing like that just made me like uh just watching her eat the glass freaking uh like thing yeah oh and then going down her neck and like poking her throat like it just like it made me crawl. It was such a good scene though. Like it was just yes. like, it was it definitely made my skin crawl though. I was just like, oh and it was a it was a really good scene. It was probably one of my favorite scenes. Um I mean there was a lot of good scenes. There was a lot of good scenes in this movie, uh, to be honest. Yeah. My, my favorite scene was um the peephole scene. I was just about to say that. Yeah, and exactly like, like that too. I was gonna say the peephole scene. <laughs> Like was amazing, amazing shot, yes. and just the way yes. she basically killed everyone except for the kid. Uh, I didn't like the kid dying, but uh, that happens in movies. But yeah, yeah. the deadites don't give two shits. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was shot. And then uh, yeah, when it goes back to the people scene where she's trying to lure the little, the youngest daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yes. Uh. Open up now. Like no. Like mommy and daddy are getting back together. So actually, he's like she pretends that he's off to the side, and you know the little girl opens it, and <laughs> it's just in the next scene is her like being on the like, screen. <laughs> but you know what I thought was a really good scene was um, they uh, they do the it's just like I tied her up just in case, and it shows the bed and and this uh, the sister Beth right uh, she's all not Beth um, Bridget. She's all tied up. Uh, her body, what they think is dead, is in the bed sitting there. But I thought it was like kind of eerie to me. That kind of freaked me out was when the little girl's like walking towards Danny, and she's talking to Danny, and you just see this. You see Bridget in the the sheet, 
like levitating behind her, like coming around the corner, and they don't even realize it. And then Danny turns, like screams, like points out to Cassie, and then she just like is levitating and jumps on top of a uh, uh, Danny at one point. I just thought that was like that's kind of really eerie. Like it's just you're looking at one shot, and then there's that corner shot of like what the hell, or also when the when the sister when Beth is listening to the tapes and uh ellie starts to crawl out of the ceiling and you mm-hmm. see it from like behind it, it also like it, it to me it kind of reminded me of the amazing spider-man whenever stanley's listening to the music in the library and spider-man and lizard are fighting in the background and he doesn't hear any of it but the way it's shot though is like you just see beth and in a distance you see that like her crawling out of the 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 ducks i thought that scene was like really good um uh, it was one of those. If I was a loud mouth, I'd be yelling at her to turn around. But turn around, turn around. <laughs> it's right behind you. But man, um, they they even paid uh, homage to The Shining, which I thought was cool. The elevator scene opening up and all the blood pouring out. That was like the elevator scene from The Shining. I thought that was cool. They mentioned Freddy. We're gonna have we're gonna have a marathon. Watch all the Freddy ones, even and the kids like ones. even the even the shitty ones. And, and there isn't like, any. Shitty there ones. are no shitty ones. <laughs> but yes, yeah, yeah uh, I agree with the peephole scene. That was I I think that deserves more credit because anytime a a movie can add its own little like its own little one shot that they are like oh. You know, because then everybody starts to use the peephole scenes. The only time that I've really seen peepholes used besides 1408, which you don't, it's not used too much just for him to see out there, and the cable guy. <laughs> Whenever uh, Matthew Broderick's looking through the peephole and Jim Carrey's like pretending to run off and then come back. But this one found a way to be like, no, we're going to take that and do more with it. We're going to show all these deaths and just keep it restrained to a peephole. And that to me was like that. It, solid. It did like all the deaths right then and there. Like I was like, oh, yes. you know, there's like so many people I can see dying in this. Like all these characters, I'm like, they're obviously gonna be dead except for the family. I was like, how yeah. are they gonna die? And then that one scene took out everybody. I was like, oh, that's it. Just y'all. answered your question. <laughs> yeah, but, but I enjoyed it, and it felt yeah to me. It felt more uh like a found footage shot as well. Oh yeah, that's true. Too. It was like one, one shot. Yeah, it was like a one take yeah. music video from my Mr. Fuentes. Damn, like that? Yeah, like that. <laughs> he invented it. <laughs> but um, you gotta pay him. I don't think anybody uh, did terrible. Those no, those no character that uh, made you hate them or made you like that was an asshole or anything or sucked. Like I think all of them did very well. Even the the uh, son uh, was the name Danny, is it? Yeah, yeah, Danny. Uh, sure, he opened up the book and everything, but like. He um, wanted to help out his mom, who was struggling with money and everything. So like, no one made yeah. no one. There's like no asshole character, pretty much. Yeah, I don't think there ever. And I do like the banter between the siblings, which kind of sold it for me. There's a, uh, you know, you have Bridget, who's very more Gen Z, and and the character is, is made to be like that. You know, from the way she's, the way she speaks and stuff, to the point where, uh, when Beth is talking about where she's been, Danny's like. Oh, so did you drink so and so blood? And then she's like, "That's insensitive." And then she goes, "Oh, I'm sorry. Should I call it like monkey brain juice or whatever?" And it pisses her off even more. I like that having siblings. It gives you that sense of like, um, you know. And then like even when uh, 
uh, Cassie uses Staffany to hit Bridget, and then Bridget jumps on on on, uh, on Cassie and it breaks Staffany, and then she's coming at her with the freaking other end of the of the stick, and like she's trying to hide in the sister's room, which then did foreshadow because she's like, "Don't worry, Staffany will protect us." And that scene, which was honestly one of my favorites, is whenever Bridget's coming at her as the Deadite, and she just, like, sticks the thing right through her her head. I was like, oh my gosh. That is crazy. So, yeah. I don't think I had any character that I was like, I hate this character. I hope they die. I don't think I had that for this film. At all. Sad. It was, it was pretty crazy, too, because, like, compared to, like, besides... Ash versus Evil Dead, like in any of the other movies, or I, I guess I can't say besides because I don't really count Army of Darkness as like the original Evil Dead like movies. <laughs> but it was you have, thing. <laughs> you have you have them like at the end like become like this three human monster thing. Yeah, and I thought that was really cool because I don't think I've ever really seen that in any other Evil it's Dead movie so far. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, they're creating the monsters that are in the books because, you know, you see pages of the Necronomicon and stuff um, throughout the movies and things, and you never see stuff like that get recreated. And it was just really cool because they flip to the book scene and you just see this jumbled up, like, humanoid thing. And then you're like... Wow, are they about to like show that? Like, oh, that's kind of crazy. Like, oh yeah, that is true. I was like, that was that was really awesome. Like, that was out of the box for me. Like, thinking, uh, it kind of makes me feel cool because I know that I think I'm not 100. percent I mean, you probably know the answer to this, uh, Manny, Manny. Um, but the last <laughs> Evil Dead re, uh, reboot remake uh, that got done was that by Sam uh, Raimi? That's- no. It was someone no, else. Um, it was by somebody else. Okay. Um, the 2013? The 2013 with Jane Levy? Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Fede Alvarez. Yeah, Fede Alvarez. There you go. I was trying to remember his uh, name. Sam um, Raimi was a writer, though. I uh, think as a writer. Was he a writer on this one as well? Uh, I believe so. I thought he was uh, a producer on this one. Oh, no. he. No. Bruce Lee Campbell Lee. was. Oh, yeah. The writer was just Lily Cronin. Yeah, so I remember, uh, I think it's kind of cool when someone else, like, because that's kind of like how when people talk about things, like someone that invents the freaking, the toaster, someone else figures out a way to make the toaster even better than that one. And sometimes they don't. But I think in this case, this person's using the original ideas and now evolving them to be, I think, in my opinion, I don't want to say better, but more modern, more digestible, more they're coming up with ideas that maybe even the original people didn't come up with. Yes. Uh, and I think that's really cool. That's another reason I want to see this franchise um, get expand. I want to see more from this because just that one scene of them trying to recreate a humanoid monster, I was like, dude, like what else are y'all going to try to do? Like, because now you're making a humanoid monster. The next movie, you have to come up with something even crazier than that. You know? Um, I think the first time I watched the Ash versus Evil Dead, and you see the first um, monster—I forget what the name of it is—but it's whenever Pablo goes to his uncle's, the shaman's house, and you see the uh, the brain monster like that. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, "Oh shit! They're pulling demons out of the freaking book now!" Like, yeah, awesome. Like, I was so happy to see like 
those demons finally being like metamorphosized into like real things. Real characters in the yeah. in the franchises compared to just seeing them in the Necronomicon. Exactly. And yeah. That's what I thought was really cool, like with this one. That was one of my at least aspects, if we were talking about favorites, that's one of my favorite yeah. aspects. Is that they're they're to me that it's evolving, it's getting uh, more they're doing more with it now and I'm excited about it. I wanna see the next thing, what they're gonna do. Um I mean I, I agree with you on that. I uh, these directors making it their own thing and especially introducing a character like what we saw in the book and then you have this three headed or three bodied creature that I that they're fighting at the end was really cool. It's something that you hadn't seen in the other ones. And anytime that a director takes their own take on it but still uh pays homage to previous directors and previous writers i respect it and the fide alvarez one uh the story for that one was kind of interesting he had seen evil dead uh two when he was younger went to a video store the the guy let him rent it when he was like like not even old enough to watch it and was like go home watch it it's really good he goes home to watch it and said it creeped him out so much that uh, he had just remembered that his whole life, being like, that movie scared me the most. So when he went to make this, the his version, he didn't go back to watch Evil Dead 2. He just used what he remembered from as a kid because he wanted to create that same feeling of horror for his his take on it. So um, I just uh, I thought that was really cool when Fede Alvarez did it. I think it's cool that we get this take from oh, Lee Cronin, right? Lee Cronin? He, I can no still see. You're still moving. You're, you're still moving. Well, bros. Oh, oh yeah, know. you're still good. Yeah, <laughs> you're still good. Um, I think I think I froze. I don't know what's happening, but you're all back now. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I agree with that. That was really cool. I can't wait to see again what other creatures they bring from the book of the dead uh, hey. into the into the onto the big screen. The only thing I'm upset about for part two. Is that they killed off uh, this uh, character, uh, Teresa? I think she did so well. And is it Teresa, right? The mother? Oh, the the mom's name. The mom? Yeah. Is it oh, Teresa? Her oh, her name? name's Ellie. I guess Teresa's is her real name in real life. No. Oh, my bad, Ellie. I don't know why they have Teresa. Is, yeah, is Teresa's that... sister? Uh, Beth was the sister. Okay, they have Teresa as a top cast for the like main person, but. I don't know, uh, oh, that was uh, the girl at the beginning of the movie. Oh, wait, let me see. Yeah, the girl at the beginning yeah, was Teresa. The, the, the one of the oh, cabin, okay. the well, scalp. Uh, yeah, Ellie, Alyssa Sutherland, I think she did like phenomenally well, and she died. So like, uh, I don't know how. I'm assuming part two, if they make a part two, we'll have uh, the one at the very beginning as the main one, maybe. So I'm hoping oh, yeah, that's as true. Well, as well, yeah. But, uh, I guess we'll see. But I think she did phenomenally well as the mother and as the, the deadite. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Uh -huh. so, that's the only thing I'm upset about. In it. Oh, that she portrayed it so well. Yeah, it's it's just yeah. one of those things. If this went the route of uh, of um, of like like the Evil Dead franchise, and she had cut off the part that was infected, like Ash cuts off his hand, then we could have seen her again. But unfortunately. No, she didn't, and because of that, we <coughs> will not be seeing her again unless they decide to do a flashback, or somehow I don't know. The dead I can do whatever it wants. So, if it wants to piece together her, then it you know that's up to how this dead I wants to work. Did you like notice how like the little meat pieces were vibrating at the end? 
like whenever like the little uh whenever that chick was like trying to leave and you kept oh, seeing like yeah. the blood and all the other stuff but you yeah see, it looked like it had life still like all the little well it, when you listen to the tapes again the 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 priest says i chopped them into a million pieces i dismembered their body and i put them i buried them and they formed together again I yeah, cannot get rid of these things. So in my head, I was like, so at the end, when you see the little pieces moving, I'm like, that's possible that it's forming itself together again because the priest already said he couldn't take it out and it was doing that. He's like, I set them on fire and they danced in the flames. And I was like, yo, that sounds like chaos, man. <laughs> like, this, it sounds something like a, that something that a deadite would do, just mess with you completely. Um, I definitely would never want to be in this situation. I would be 100% honest. Like, I would have been the neighbor that was like, yo, that sucks. I am out. Like, I'm just, bye. Bye. That would be me. I'm, I'm not going to be the guy that's like, can I can I pray for her? Or can I, you know, like the, the next door neighbor when he, he opens the door to go in and see that everything's okay because he hears the commotion? Like, no, that is not my problem. Because <laughs> I, no. Not, not in this universe, brother. I can't. I don't want to. I don't want to end up like the uh, becoming a deadite. But yeah, I mean, I don't even know. Like you said, I don't know how a part two would really work. And I think so far, like these movies are doing pretty well as like standalone stories that randomly, like the book just keeps popping up places it probably shouldn't be all the time, and things happening. That's true. Like. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they made a pretty coherent story with Ash versus Evil Dead. Um, but even then, like, I think whenever you watch Evil Dead 2, and I'm sure there was a reason for it, but it looks like it's kind of like a reboot of Evil Dead 1. It's called a requel. Yeah, yeah, a requel. That's what they called but, it. So really, yeah. it's just one movie, quotation marks. Yeah. And its own story. And then you get Army of Darkness, which everyone which always again, says. Which, again, its own it's story. Like, it doesn't even really count yeah. as part of the Evil yeah. Dead franchise, yeah. how everyone puts it. Every time you like talk about it, it's just like it's yeah. a standalone movie. Which it is. Yeah. Like when you, you don't really need to know any of the backstory from yeah. Evil Dead 2 to watch Army of Darkness and be like, oh, well, I mean... The only difference is you know who Ash is and all the crap he's been through. Yeah, yeah. That's and the then and then in Evil Dead too, that's when Ash becomes like the badass. Because yeah. he's kind of like a scaredy cat in the first two films, and then at the end of part two, Ash becomes the badass that we love, like the mm -hmm. chainsaw wielding, which ends to the portal at the end of two, which gives us Army of Darkness. But you're right, within their own aspect, they are their own thing, their own franchise. Um and uh I think the driving force unless you watch Ash vs. Evil Dead, which really did focus on Ash's story and mm -hmm. everything to go with that. It all connected. Um, so I guess if they want, they could pull that the Necronomicon be the uh, the driving force. That as long as that book exists, it can attack any family. It can have any group of characters. So you're not having to worry about, well, that girl wasn't from part one. Or what happened to the girl from part two? It's like, no. Every Evil Dead brings a new set of characters, a new story, but you know from the get-go how the book works. So mm -hmm. you're not going in there like, oh, wait, well, this doesn't make any sense, or they don't have to explain it in every film. Like, oh, it's because they read the book, you know, the Book of the Dead, that's why this demon's attacking them. You would only have to see the first film for that context. Everything else could be different family. I remember reading something that pointed out, like, because everyone... We're talking about is this canon is that canon blah 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 and in this movie it, it when you listen to the recordings it, it talks about three volumes 
um, of the Book of the Dead. So it's talking about, or at least what I read, it was saying, it said three volumes, so you can have the book from Ash's universe, or book that Ash found, the book that they found inside the cabin, and the book that they found now. That's why they each three look different, because they're three wow. different volumes. So now they're all canon. They're just three different books that are spread everywhere else. That'd be kind of crazy. That's a great way to connect it. Like, if you give the Necronomicon more than one book. Yeah, so that's, that's a, what it was saying is that it had, or that's what I read. It was just like, yeah. that's why it mentions three volumes when you listen to the recording. It says there's three volumes of the Book of the Dead. And so each wow. book is its own volume. So each book is just a book that got spread, you know, whatever. Uh, Ash found one. These other people in this other album found one. And they found one just more recently. So that's all three volumes we're seeing. Um, but how I took it when I first heard it, I was like, three volumes? So that means there's two more volumes to find. So that's yeah. two more movies to make. Oh, yeah. And two more other volumes to find that other people yeah. are going to find. Maybe even a fourth volume connecting all. That's what I was going to say. Like, if you do other volumes, and like you're saying, there could be the one in the cabin or, like, the from Ash's universe, which has the face on it because it has the, you know, um, that could be the connection. And if Bruce Campbell wants to reprise his role because i know he retired the character of ash but if he you know like hugh jackman also retired wolverine and logan he's coming back for deadpool 3 so it's like you know it could it could be done we could have this crazy evil dead universe uh all we can do now is sit back and hope that'd be like i think that would be the coolest thing is to like have three more movies one for each volume and then the last volume of the three people who found them uh, finding a way to like stop all the volumes because like basically it's like almost all everything's happening at the same time it's about it's time to open the gates of hell basically so by the end of like three the gates of hell are about to open and then four happens and it's oh well, did you know there was a last hidden book that stops all of this and now everyone yeah figure out a way to get that or maybe that's where ash comes in because he's that's what i was gonna say like and like at the end of the movie you're kind of like they're piecing together that all these three films are going to connect and then but like who, who who can stop this and then we get that like cut huh. scene where you just hear the chainsaw his hand rev up you oh, know and you hear groove you know groovy or something like that um and boom you already know that that next film we're going to get this connection bruce campbell's sexy ass is going to be on the screen on the silver screen and life's going to be great uh, and, and as a fan i'm just going to die in in that in that movie that that's it like lived lived up to that and just die yep this is all this is it <laughs> yeah um before we end it y'all want to talk about any you have any least favorite scenes anything y'all didn't like about it anything i didn't like about it um i i would say the only thing and I mean, I'll probably have to rewatch it to see how I feel about it. But the first time around, I felt like it was such a forced kind of like way they found the book. And then a kind of a, he had to listen to it and had to do all this and just for everything to start happening. And um, part of me is just like, well, that's how the, that's how demons work. You know, they get in yeah. your head, they make you do things you, you don't really want to do. It, it's they're influencing you in a bad way. I kind of yeah. just felt like it was like, who climbs into a hole after earthquake? 
Like, <laughs> like who does this oh, shit? Like, uh, <laughs> a sixteen-year-old kid. I, I actually had those the that that thought too. Like the really like a random hole opens up, just so happens to be an old bank. I'm like, where's this connection coming from? It kind of just seems like it's there. But then when I watch it the second time, when they're sitting there at the table before the mom sends them to go get pizza, the little girl's crying. Cassie saying like, I have to build Staffney because this was built on an old bank. The apartment complex was built on an old bank. And in that bank, it said that this man died and that he, uh, he, he, uh, if you walk around with your change in your pockets, he'll hear it and then kill you and then take your money. And that's when I was like, Oh, okay. So that's why when that part cracked open, it's a bank underneath. Cause I, I overlooked it the first time I saw it and I was like, uh-huh. why is it just like a random bank? It's built on top of, why is it that like the books there why is it that the yeah so i definitely had that same feeling the second time watching it kind of eased that feeling for me but i definitely can i can definitely still agree with that though the whole um and then yeah that demon was like no you can't turn this off you're gonna listen <laughs> it starts to say that. <laughs> and that's kind of the trouble not the trouble like you get this not i wouldn't say arguments but you get these arguments with action movies it's like that movie didn't even have a story plus. Like, dude, that wasn't even the point of the movie. The point of the movie is action. Action, action exactly. Action, action, action. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not the point of the movie. It doesn't need a story plot. <laughs> it has more than 10 minutes of story plot. It's not an action movie. Like, That's how I feel when people tell me, I can't believe you're going to go see another Fast movie. I'm like, dude, do you expect me to want an Oscar for this film? No. I want to sit there, stuff my face with popcorn, and get away from reality. Movie. Yes. I want to go and pay for a reality that doesn't exist for an hour and 30 minutes. Now leave me alone, you know, and that's why I'm going to go see, you know, that's why you go see certain films. I don't want to walk out like sitting there like, so what was the message though? What did Family. it convey? How did that make Family. me feel? Family. Like, no, it's not a, th- <laughs> yeah, it's not a therapy session for me. <laughs> but no, I mean, absolutely. I Honestly, I have this, your exact words are what I tell people when they're like, oh, another fast movie. I was like, Did, have you seen any of the, the ones recently? And he's like, yeah. yeah, they're all, they're getting more and more ridiculous. Yes, they are. But were you entertained when you watched it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they were, they're, they're fun. You know, I'm not, that's it. That's the point. There's no, yeah. there's nothing more to that than that. It's <laughs> just What's your pain to see? Exactly. Like, they're not doing anything else but being entertained. Like, stop. You're overthinking. Oh, well, they're doing too much. And uh, the last one they went to, I haven't seen the last one recently, but anyway, <laughs> the last one they, they had to run a rocket ship, you know, going. Yeah, they did. They did. The recent, the last one, uh, they did make a rocket ship and they did go to space. Like, Tej and Roman do go to space. I'm going to see these <laughs> movies until they stop making them. I'm the same way. I will sit there. You have my money. The same way like, people go sit through every Saw film, even though I've heard, I'll, oh, that was not good as last one. You've already Nightmare on Elm Street, Jason films. You've already subscribed to one film. You ain't gonna stop. I saw every Wrong Turn movie, no matter how shitty they got, because I said I saw one. I'm gonna see them all. I don't expect an Oscar. I don't expect the actors to even remember their damn lines. But while I walk away saying, "Hey, that was entertaining. That was a movie. That world doesn't exist." And thank you for taking me out of the harsh reality that we live in now. Thank you for that. And that's what a movie's supposed to do. All right. So there you go. That's for every person out there that has something to say about certain movies. They're they're made to entertain. And that's what we're paying for. Every rock movie I'll go watch because he's entertaining. Yeah, I don't care if the rock can break down a door and he doesn't have superhuman strength in real life. 
I'm watching The Rock in this movie. If he decides to break the handcuffs, he can break the handcuffs. I don't care. This world doesn't exist. Uh, I haven't <laughs> seen every Rock movie. <laughs> so going back to that that idea, it's the same. It's kind of how like when I thought about the movie, a horror movie is meant to horror eyes or whatever, however you want to say it. Anyway, it's meant to scare. It's meant to be creepy. It's meant to feel make you feel uncomfortable. And this and they only have an hour and thirty minutes. So you're gonna spend, you know. 30 minutes of an hour and 30 minutes trying to make a cohesive, cohesive story. Or are you going to mm-hmm. spend an hour and 20 minutes actually doing what people wanted you to, you wanted to go see this movie for to be creeped out, to be, you know, horror, whatever, to be scared, to feel uneasy, all that stuff. Um, I think, you know, they did a perfect job of just kind of giving you not really a big storyline and just kind of getting into the meat of everything. Uh, but also giving enough storyline for you to care about the characters. Cause that's a big thing too, that people talk about is like, Oh, well, you know, if you don't give a good enough storyline, you don't care about the characters. So when something bad happens to them, you don't really care that anything happened to them. Um, but you kind of get the idea. They're a family They're They love each other. They they obviously bicker like brothers and sisters and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so when things bad start happening to him, yeah, their dad just left. You know, you yeah. start, you get just a little bit of like backstory is enough for you to be like, okay, this sucks for them, and now they're going yeah. through a demon in their house. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You got Beth coming because she figures out she's pregnant, needs the help of a big sister to figure out what to do in this situation. You got the big sister being like, "Yo, I called you two and a half months ago for your help, and you didn't show up." So you get this family drama and you get that you got a story. I feel like you got a story. You got a story. You knew what was going on in the midst of a really shitty situation with the divorce and not being able to afford certain things. They pull that. Uh, what's it called? They pull that thing. It's 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 crazy. It's just it's a uh, it was there. The story's the story's there. I have no so, complaints about that. So story's part of there. Me go back to what I was talking about, what I didn't like. I also do like that they just did it real quick. The kid found the book, he found the, he played the records, and everything bad started going to shit immediately. Yeah. And it was just like, all right, cool. Now we're getting to the meat of what I wanted to watch this movie for. Yes. And so it's all to me. It seemed rushed, but also I understand why it was rushed. I have an hour and thirty minutes, and they want to start getting to some good shit. So, yeah, exactly. Um, so it's a good and bad. On my sense, but if I were to say it had an extra fifteen minutes, an hour and forty-five minutes, then maybe we should have had a little bit more they could have sprinkled in. But it was an hour and thirty-minute movie. Yeah, agreed with that. Yeah, so maybe if they they see you know they hear this podcast, we'll definitely get a, a two-hour a movie for the next one because I love movies. When I see that it's two hours and thirty minutes, that doesn't even bother me. I get excited. Um. I actually you know, probably get sad when I see that they are an hour and 30 minutes. I kind of question things. I'm like, Ugh. You know what it really is, is that you, you probably said it perfectly earlier. No movie has to have the same characters. Everything that links everything is the Necronomicons or the Book of the Dead. And I just want to know more about these books. You know, I want to yeah. know more about what's inside of them, how they work, what kind of spells are really inside of them, what kind of things are really, you know, in there. You know, they don't ever really go super, super in-depth into things except for Ash versus Evil Dead, where they show certain things and talk about Yeah, they explain more. But they could do that in movies, too. And I want to know more about the 
the books of the dead you know yeah fan, i just i just want to know more about this artifact that you talk about in every single movie um not yeah. that it's just this random book that's made out of human flesh bound by by demons and souls and all these things that we already know like yeah that's true so there you go you just gave them another idea they're gonna start working on a prequel as well you've got to trademark this stuff we gotta get our money for this <laughs> Necronomicon, or or just like the Book of the Dead is the name of the movie, and people are like, "We're gonna go." That would be, I would be a crazy movie just to see the, just the whole backstory of the book. Yeah, how the binding of the skin on the book, why it was made like that, why? Yeah, that'd be, that could be a really messed up film. You just gotta like call up James Wan, Leigh Warnell, Lee Cronin, uh, Sam Raimi, just have all of them work on that. That would Tobey Maguire. Damn, I'm gonna put some dirt in your book. <laughs> uh, we go and start ending it because I have work here in a little bit. But um, right, uh, y'all can follow us on social media again. Uh, Rasslin Tacos, where I'm at. You can subscribe if you haven't subscribed yet. You can follow my uh, two good Ooh, friends over here. Sexy. Uh, you can follow Manny on Instagram at. <laughs> oh, at Fresh TV two one seven. Would greatly appreciate the follow. I love all y'all. You can follow Mr. Fuentes at. Mr. Fuentes. Uh, you can follow me on uh, <laughs> <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, uh, Twitter. They're all uh, at Mr. Fuentes361. Um, I also have a merch uh, website that's uh, put up about a month ago. It's MrFuentesIsDope.com. And nice. um, you can check out merch and things if you want to check it out. And also my music. Just search Mr. Fuentes on anything and you'll find my stuff. You will not be disappointed. Jam also, I have right a sneak peek. I was going to say, I also have a a music video that just dropped uh, a little less than a week ago that was edited by this man, uh, shot and edited by this man up above me, um, Franco, and it came out beautiful. It was great. Um, We had a good time, and it it came out good. It was nice. Going to have to keep spreading the the word, and we're going to keep making videos for all y'all. Yeah, I'll check out Opinions on our YouTube channel right now. Opinions, Mr. Fuentes. And uh, I usually don't plug stuff, but uh, we are we have a couple of shows this weekend. Uh, we're at WrestleRave in Houston on Saturday. Uh, y'all can catch us there if y'all you know go to shows. And uh, on Sunday, we'll be in San Antonio for United. And then uh, we're, we're busy, busy, busy for May. Like, I think five, <clears throat> five or six shows in May. But uh, we will be taking a break from this podcast. It will, again, like, it will be seasonal podcast. Uh, me and Manny will probably return August, September, around there. When does spooky season start? Around, I would say like right? September, right? Because that's when people are like, it's basically Halloween. Yeah, September okay. all the way, yeah, to the end of October. That's when everybody shuts. It, it, it runs until the end of, of December. Yeah, pretty much. So yeah. it'll probably be seasonal from September to December, uh, for Friday the fourteenth. Uh, we only have three months. So we'll probably review a whole bunch of movies then. But until mm-hmm. then, follow us everywhere. Subscribe, like, share, all that fun stuff. Catch y'all later. Peace. Go watch you put it rice. Peace. Love tacos. Put some dirt in your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>